Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Welcome back to the Tube Talk podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and that's it. It's just me today. <laughs> Rob is actually out. It's me for now. We have a guest interview, of course, coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, we have a couple other things we want to talk about. First of all, really big week for us here at vidIQ as we launched our daily ideas tool. We're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show. And another thing I want to discuss is the hashtag tube talk. We ask you guys all the time, hey, if you got something going on, if you want to tweet us using the hashtag tube talk, let us know. Let us know how you're doing, your channel is doing. And one of our frequent uh, users of this hashtag, Scott Hoosh, has uh, shared with us that they managed to get into the YouTube Shorts Creator Fund. They made a couple hundred bucks with the YouTube Shorts Creator Fund, so I just want to give a shout-out to Scott. That is awesome. Getting noticed by YouTube is one thing. Getting invited to that program is another. And if you're doing that, if you're, man if you're managing just to get into the YouTube Shorts Creator Fund in the first place, you're doing something right. So... I just want to give props to you. That is so awesome. And the YouTube news topic that I personally am really excited about that was actually announced last week at the time of recording this was that the YouTube community tab is now going to be accessible to millions more creators. It used to be that if you reached a thousand subscribers, it would take, you know, maybe a week or so, but you would eventually unlock access to the community tab, which is kind of like a social feed built into YouTube. I'm sure you've seen community posts pop up on your timeline on desktop or mobile before. They're in the form of polls or image posts, or sometimes they're just some text. And now, if you reach 500 subscribers on YouTube, you get to unlock this. And YouTube even said in the future they would like to have even more creators access this. So they're opening up the community tab to a much wider array of creators, which is going to be kind of a game changer. The community tab is really valuable. We've talked about it before on the show, and it can be used to engage with your audience in all sorts of new ways. So if this is something you want to learn more about, you can go to our YouTube channel. We talk about it over there. You can search through our previous podcast episodes. We've mentioned it a few times in those as well. I think we've dedicated a whole episode to it, if I, don't, if I remember correctly. So really awesome tool that if you are at 500 subscribers or above, you should have access to, I think, starting October 12th. And if you're hearing that and you are one of these creators who's under 1,000 subscribers but above 500, and you're thinking to yourself, big whoop, really, truly, take some time to understand the power of the community tab. Do some research. Uh, this is going to be, I think, for a lot of channels who use it correctly, a game changer. Anyway, let's get to today's guest He's the host of the Channel Makers channel on YouTube, and we had an awesome conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Nate, welcome back to the Tube Talk podcast. How are you? Howdy, howdy. I am so glad to be back here. I have to say, when Dan, when you uh, reached out and you said, hey, I'm, I'm looking into doing another episode, I, I was immediate. I was like, yeah, count me in, man. That was glad quickest, to be back. Quickest response I think I've ever gotten from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Usually people, I think, go out and they consult with other creators and they, they you know, maybe talk to their parents. Should I do this podcast? I just don't know. And it takes a while. And, and yeah, you got back to me. I don't think I hit send yet and your, your reply was already there. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew I was back. <laughs> it was like drive through service. It was great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Uh, thank you once again for being here. Uh, for, for those who maybe missed the last time you were here, do you want to explain a little bit about you and Channel Makers? Absolutely. So howdy, howdy. My name is Nate. 
and let's get right into the video here. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> I'm making fun because that's the greeting I do on on every video. I say howdy, howdy, everyone. Nate here, and then I get right into it. Uh, so yeah, so Nate Channel Makers is uh, my channel. It's all about just winning on YouTube, myth busting. Just I, I test things really far. I'll I'll get lots of community feedback. I review lots of videos. I do a lot of really fun experiments. I'm always looking to push the envelope on what is known about YouTube and get like current, recent, applicable knowledge uh, for people building their own YouTube channels. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit about uh, channel makers there. Uh, you, your experiments are so cool too. Like you'll go into the community tab and ask a question. And before everybody knows it, it's a, it's a whole video. You know, you, you just scienced them. <laughs> and, and I love it. Uh, what was the last experiment you've done, actually? So the most recent one, um, well, I, I guess the most recent published video, I just ask everybody, like, what were the biggest mistakes you made in growing your channel? And then all the comments, like, oh, my gosh, so many great comments. And because of that, I was able to put together a video sharing just several of the top things and from my own experience, mistakes that creators were making that they wish they hadn't made. Uh, that one was really solid. Got a lot of just really positive feedback, and the video is doing very well right now. So this is this is why it's so cool to get to talk to you about this stuff because you basically, when you come up with a video idea, and I don't think this is every time. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, though. You start at the community tab. You go in and you ask your viewers a question, and I'm, I imagine that dictates the direction of the whole thing. Your idea could have been about point a and then the comments come in and you're like actually point b and then maybe even point maybe you get two videos like what's that experience been like for you oh it's been it's been really really good i i'm very biased here but i think i have the best audience on youtube <laughs> uh seriously if anybody from channel makers is listening to this you guys are awesome but so that uh, it, a good amount of the videos that i do uh, to kind of I'll come up with an idea like, huh, I see a lot of people really wanting something like this, wanting answers about this. And in fact, just this morning, as of recording this podcast, I just barely like literally before I got on here with you, Dan, I posted in my community because I did a video roasting a video. I, I called it, hey, I went through a single YouTube video from one of my subscribers and I just roasted it. <laughs> and so I thought it turned out really good. I, the people liked the response. And so just this morning, I just barely did a post uh, like seconds before I got on here uh, asking for more videos from people that they want roasted. And this time I'm going to be a bit more roasty. My last one, the, the one critique on that video was, wow, Nate, this was like the calmest roast I've ever seen. <laughs> it was pretty calm. Okay, guys. Okay. Uh, so that's cool. I, I do have another, I guess, when you say unfair advantage type of thing. And that I have a whole community in my program, Project 24, that's just people who are building um, their own, you know, YouTube channels and stuff. And so there, so on the YouTube community, I'm able to get like a small snapshot a lot of times. In Project 24, I, I have a much more in-depth because I get to see it over time and see advice, the advice I give applied over time. So those are some of the two probably one of the, the two biggest sources of just community interaction for video ideas. 
I, I've noticed just based on the amount of, of comments, interactions you get on your community tab posts, it's a, it's a huge source of, of, you know, ideas and, and information for you, which is so cool uh, to see. I, I do want to talk quite a bit today about uh, ideas and video ideation and also burnout. This is kind of, uh, as a lot of people out there may know by now, like uh, in the spirit of this new tool launching that our company's made called Daily Ideas. And uh, I just want to ask, uh, do you ever struggle to come up with with these different topics? Maybe the questions you want to ask your community or just video ideas in general? Mm -hmm. uh, see, the, the answer, that's a great question. The answer there's a bit more tricky than you might think in that I, I don't think that I really do struggle with coming up with video ideas because for me, it's like a way of life. Mm. That makes sense. So I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm constantly thinking about it. And so I will have ideas come to me and I actually just barely published a video. I think, was it this week? Wow. I'm losing track of it. I just published a video on channel makers about where I get ideas. And I actually talked about the date, the VidIQ daily ideas mm. tool. Um, and one of the things I mentioned there is I call it midnight insights or midnight inspiration because I'll have thoughts pop into my head or I'll just be watching YouTube and realize, huh, I'm not seeing anybody answer this question. Why? You know, why is this not being addressed? And I'll dive in. And, and so I have, a, I keep track of all the ideas that I have. So I have a log of a lot of ideas. Now, sometimes I'll feel like all my ideas are, are not very good ideas. <laughs> so I'll say, I need some fresh ideas, you know. Now, usually I'll go for a walk or something or have a conversation with a friend and say, look, I need some fresh ideas. But as far as ever hitting a like zero idea wall, I don't remember the last time I've had that because mm. it's a constant thing for me. I'm just always thinking about it. It's always something I'm always just thinking, how can I help people better? What is the, what's on the audience mind right now? And what can I do to, to shed some light on that or, or add some clarity to that? Then let me ask you this. So, cause you're saying you bet you never hit zero, which I think listeners out there would probably think to themselves, Oh, wow. Like, imagining they do hit zero as somebody myself who has had a few YouTube channels now, and I've, I've covered different topics. There have been instances in my journey as a creator where I've definitely hit zero ideas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I being younger and, and kind of just learning YouTube at the time, I didn't really know how to handle that. You know what I mean? I, I was trying to just do all kinds of research and it became like the decision paralysis or there's a better name for that, but you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You just couldn't figure out where, what lane to go in next. Um, how how do you think a creator could get to that point to get to mm. I, I'll never run out of ideas? Mm -hmm. No, that's a great question. So first, some thoughts on why you would hit zero. And this is not like this is for anybody listening. This is not criticism by any means. But my thought is if someone is hitting zero and it's happening frequently, probably two things are going on. One, the defined niche or the defined audience that you have in your mind is too small. You don't have, if you run out of stuff to say, it's because it's too small. That could be one thing. And the other thing is, if you're running out of ideas a lot, it could be because you're not in deep enough. You're not into what you're doing deep enough. You, you either don't care about it enough. And, and it's, again, this is not a criticism. I'm, I know there's a lot of people that still hit that, that, that aren't that way. But if, but if you're, you add that layer of passion and just really get really curious 
and you're always exploring like what are different aspects of this what are different angles i could make this gaming video uh what are different what's a new something that i've never seen on youtube let me just try it you know um that type of thing i think i think i'm reverse answering your question dan <laughs> but that type of thing i think perhaps are strong points for myself when i go into it and and the advice i would give is the the reverse of that if you either broaden just a little bit don't go too crazy but broaden your niche of the target of the audience that you're looking to help or or the entertainment you're providing or if it's a vloggy style channel maybe your audience only thinks of you as the person who uh, reviews water bottles i'll just use that example maybe your audience just thinks of you as that and so at that point if that's what you feel like you're stuck in that rut it can be really hard to come up with video ideas. So it's time to broaden a little bit, maybe add another aspect to it. I wouldn't go crazy. And if you're, if you're reviewing water bottles all the time and all of a sudden, like, you know, review like 20 other things all at once, I'm just saying maybe broaden that a little bit. And then on the other side, curiosity, what are the things that you can be curious about and explore and immerse yourself even, even more into uh, your niche? I, when you say broaden a little bit, I, I think the, the first thing I thought of when I thought to myself, am I a creator who just reviews water bottles? Like what, what would I think to broaden to next and feel safe doing? Would you say that coffee mugs would be a good start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause what you're looking for is overlap. Mm -hmm. You're looking for, and especially when you first start adding new aspects in, you're looking for, uh, I would say rule of thumb, 80% overlap mm. with your current audience, uh, with their interests, their, their expectations for your channel. You want to, you want about 80, at least 80%. You're, you're, if you go beyond like 50% overlap, you're getting a little far out there. But I think that that's a great example, Dan, like coffee mugs, uh, other, other things like that. It could be maybe uh, the camelback, those uh, backpacks with the drinking straw things on it, you know, it, things that uh, other aspects of your audience, they're also interested in um, could be a great next option. I, I bring up that example because I mean, as as people know, in the vidIQ community, I tend to talk a lot to gaming channels, you know, and when when I talk to a gaming channel that isn't really familiar with the right way to broaden out, maybe they want to niche down, but they they know their game only has this much. You know, there's only so much I can cover. And I'm going to I just know me and I know I'm going to want to broaden. They think that the overlap is, well, I like games and the people who watch me like games. So games, that's I can just do whatever I want. And there's just so many interests with like niche interests within a gaming community. You know, if if someone likes Minecraft, that does not mean automatically they like Apex Legends. Mm -hmm. two totally different games that appeal to totally different people and so i i would just encourage anyone out there who is thinking of of broadening their topic to suit exactly what nate said start small you know with some overlap very like tangible overlap people who drink water probably drink coffee and they probably use a mug to do it so it you know you test it and you test it once and if that coffee mug video completely flops you don't immediately double down on the coffee mug video right you want to you want to make sure you go back to water bottles for a bit and let everybody know it's okay it's okay i, I still do water bottles i still do water bottles <laughs> <laughs> yeah and actually using your gaming example i love that uh, a way i would look at it is like okay so let's say i have a minecraft channel what are the aspects of minecraft that people might also like in other games 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm looking to add another game, maybe it's builder games. Uh, maybe it's that type of thing. And so try, try a few times, try another thing. And like you were saying, Dan, if, if a single video flops, I wouldn't take that as an absolute sign either of like, oh, my audience hates that. Therefore I shouldn't do that. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. I would, I would take that and say, okay, let's, let's try it. Maybe let's try it again. Let's try a few times, um, and see. Yeah. It is yeah, so important to test things out on YouTube all the time, but don't try to do that within reason, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've been going through my own journey with testing things and it's been kind of mixed results and it, it can definitely add a lot of confusion. Uh, it adds extra data points that you hadn't considered before. And there's so much, it's good to keep your baseline in mind. And so you're always putting out during those periods where you think about broadening a little bit, putting those regular videos out, the ones that people have come to know and expect from you. So that you have that control, I guess, might be a way to put that. Yeah. So let's move into uh, burnout a little bit. Uh, I think this can come into play regardless of how many ideas you have. You can get to a point on YouTube, I think, where you just completely can't do it. And you just, you need a break. And mm-hmm. as as we know, if you take a break on YouTube and I guess you don't plan it out just right, you can come back to find numbers are lower than you want them to be things are not where they were before the break and and now now you're just depressed and now it's now you have to go down this whole road what what are some maybe examples of burnout you've seen i know you work with a lot of creators uh mm-hmm. maybe some examples of burnout you can you can kind of share well, i think one of the biggest ones that i see is people really working to building the channel and just feeling like they're not seeing results and I, I see that as a cause, I guess, of burnout and grinding for a long time and not not really seeing results, not getting monetized uh, wherever they are in their channel, or even they, they are monetized, but they're just not getting views. So I guess when I think of burnout, I I think perhaps one of the biggest, well, there's a few things. There's like mental health, personal aspects creativity block type of thing then there's also the other one is your definition of success so a lot of times i see channel makers who um, their definition of success is a certain milestone that's not necessarily in their control and it's tricky because you can't directly force people to watch your videos (laughs) (laughs) unless you have enough money you know to pay them right uh, but even then it's not forcing them to, so you can't do that. So I think a lot of times people reach a point of just frustration and burnout because they haven't paused to look at themselves and think, okay, what is, what's my definition of success? Why? And because if I keep not getting it and it's something that's literally outside of my control, then that's just a formula for disaster. And so it's tricky. It's a tricky balance to reach with results being semi out of your control as far as attracting an audience and, you know, getting views and subscribers and stuff. But a lot of times a shift people can make to change that is to focus on what they can control, which is what what I'll often say people is one is publishing, you know, Mm. I'm just going to put out a video and I'm going to care about this video right in front of me. Um, this is my one video that I'm caring about right now. And uh, my source of feeling good 
about myself is not dependent on external factors. It's not dependent on how many views that video gets. It's dependent on me knowing that I'm getting 1% better with every mm. video. Every video I publish, I'm going to get that much better. And every time I've seen that focus shift to that, one, people are feeling better about themselves, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's internal, it's not external. And then two, if they really are getting 1% better on every video, it's only a matter of time before the audience happens before they get they get good enough that they get the quality level whatever it is that they find that audience they're looking for and from there it often the momentum just builds and it's very exciting time to see your channel growing that way i love the way yeah i love the way you frame that because it's so easy i find myself doing it so easy to publish a video and then in that first 30 minutes, it starts to move, you know, right? You start to get a few views in from your regular viewers and and you're just waiting to see where's YouTube out of that little one out of 10 ranking? Where's uh -huh. YouTube going to put this? You know, where where's <laughs> this going? Yep. And I mean, I've lately, because I'm so into YouTube and I love experimentation, I love seeing things uh change based on actions I take. I've had a few instances lately where I published a video and it does not do what I expected. I, I've made it in line with the videos that are generally do well, and yet this one for some reason isn't doing it. And before YouTube can even tell me the click-through rate isn't good, I'm like, it's the thumbnail, or it's the it's gotta be. And so I go in and I change it. And what's been amazing is a few times now, I've changed those maybe 20 to 40 minutes after I've uploaded the video, and it takes a little bit, but then suddenly the, the graph starts to tick up and the numbers start uh -huh. to change and you're like oh my gosh i did it i was right that there's no feeling that's like better than, than analyzing that and being correct uh -huh. the problem with that is it's still exactly what you said there's elements outside of your control and you know yes you managed to get the click-through rate up and that's great but at the same time you've also taken time away from your next video you know uh -huh. you've you've kind of you've let these numbers kind of dictate your morning in a way uh -huh. and when it doesn't go right, when you make those changes and you think it's going to happen again and it doesn't, now that's when you get into that mental state of like, dang it. it you start obsessing work. over it. Yep. And then should I change it again? What What does this mean for my next video? Are, are my viewers going to watch my next video? Because they seem to hate this one. And <laughs> you just go down that rabbit hole. And I would Very say- Very much so. As long as my advice is as long as you're confident in your title and your thumbnail from the start, maybe it's when you're testing, you just want to go through that process and that's fine. But if my other piece of advice is to do that while you're awake, because usually it's those when I'm, it's late at night and I'm just trying to get this video out. That's when the title gets lazy. That's when the thumbnail gets slapped together. Um, do that part when you're awake. Uh -huh. But if you're confident in it, don't look at those stats. Let your video do what it's going to do. Publish it. And instead of obsessing over the YouTube dashboard, go into wherever you write your scripts and obsess in that way. You're obviously still in that creative mode. You're you're thinking about videos. Is there an idea in your head that you can start writing a script for, you know, mm -hmm. right now instead of just fixating? You know what I, I love mean? Love that. Yeah. That that is such a great tip though for for avoiding burnout because I've definitely I've definitely put myself in that mm -hmm. spot. Look, as YouTube creators ourselves, we've all been there. Sometimes the next video on your weekly upload schedule is right around the corner, but you have no idea what you're gonna record. Well, this exact situation is why vidIQ developed Daily Ideas. It's our newest tool that can help provide you with up to 50 new video ideas every single day. 
Your daily ideas are generated by our AI, which analyzes your channel and the wider YouTube community to find trending topics with high view potential. With this new tool, you'll never run out of great ideas for new videos. You can try daily ideas for yourself today by downloading vidIQ at vidIQ.com. Just based on other conversations you've had with creators, is there, are there any other ways you've seen burnout kind of like manifest with, with them? Yeah, so uh, it is work. YouTube is work. Anybody listening to this knows that, right? Uh, it can often um, take a toll mentally for a lot of people. I'll, I'll speak more personally here for a moment. Uh, it's one of the questions you sent me before we recorded, Dan, was like, how does it, I don't remember the wording on it, but it was like, how does it affect you uh, personally? How, what do you do when you run into those types of things? And, or which part of the process is the most taxing or burnout inducing uh, right. for me? And for me, it's, it's often the actually the recording of it because uh, it takes so much energy I, for me to be. I'm, I'm very introverted, that type of thing. And so it takes a lot of energy uh, to when I know when I wake up in the morning, I know I'm going to be recording videos that day. I'm often have anxiety like I really do. It's like this. Huh, OK, you know, I have to hype myself up before I can actually record. Uh, it, it, that's more often than people would guess. That is the case uh, for me personally. So I think there are, so back to your question, Dan, about different aspects of burnout. Usually, I think it's because there's something about the process of running a YouTube channel that is exhausting to a person, that is particularly taxing to them. And so when I'm looking at burnout with a creator, I, I would break it down. I would say, what is, what's the process for you? Use your own words. I'm not going to give you the process. What is the process for you to run a YouTube channel? We, we identify each step and say, okay, which of these steps is the most taxing? And I might even ask them, give it a rating of one to 10. 10 is the most exhausting to you. And one is like, ah, oh, that's breezy. I love that. You know, that's, that's great. Uh, and then it's easy. It's clear as day when you look at that process and say, okay, well, these ones are eights, nines, and tens. What can we do in these ones to simplify it? Uh, what can we do to just take off that burden? that that's so taxing to you and you'll often find when we identify first the identify the identifying process is very uh, uh eye-opening for many people because they're like oh my gosh like i didn't realize that was that was what was taxing me mentally or whatever it was or energetically and um when you identify that that's very eye-opening but then when you have that clarity you can find solutions which i found to be very helpful for people. So I guess to people listening to this, what techniques would I recommend? If you're feeling burnout, do that same process. Go through, like write it down. What are the steps that you see that that happen, that need to happen to run a YouTube channel? Is it ideation? Is it uh, outlining? Is it recording? Is it editing? You know, there's, you know all the steps, but use your own words. And then I'd give them ratings, one to 10, 10 being the most exhausting or taxing to you. And simplify the high rated ones. Pick your first one, start with one and simplify there. And what happens is when you find yourself in burnout, you're going to, uh, when you get into, when you get, when you make this shift, like what I'm describing here, you're going to find yourself in solution mode, which naturally has a way of fixing burnout because you're not just overwhelmed anymore. You have a single thing that you can do. Yeah, that's, 
I, I have to imagine when you go through that process, a lot of people probably rate editing really high. I hear it a lot. And uh, there's another piece of that puzzle too, and this is for later on, but we, we do talk to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and, and, and people like that on the, on the show, people who are at just a, a really high level of, of the YouTube journey. It, if you're growing as a YouTuber and you want this to be a business, there is also the option to later on hire an editor or a thumbnail designer or whatever it is. Certain things, it comes down to you. I mean, you're, you're the creative force behind your channel. So there, you can't part out everything. But there is a light at the end of that tunnel too. If you're like, well, I know how to edit and I can edit well. I just hate it. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Like eventually, if you keep going, there is a light at the end of that tunnel. And that is another aspect of the, the whole YouTube journey that's so cool. You know, mm -hmm. it, you really end up in control of a lot more once you once you reach those certain milestones. Yeah, I love that. I really, really well said, Dan. Absolutely. I, and if I could add anything to that, it's the because when you start thinking that way, you start thinking of your channel as a business rather than just a whatever else you're thinking of it as. And at that point, it becomes a cost versus benefit thing. Yes. If, is it worth it to pay an editing service five hundred dollars a month? when it frees up so much of my mental space or my time or whatever it is. Those yeah. types of questions are what will really help. Great point. Will, will I make my money back from this? Mm -hmm. And yes, I will make less because I'm paying an editor now. However, think about the time savings and that's more time to make more videos or hang out with your family, you know, free up your mind for work, whatever it is you're doing. And uh, yeah, when, this is why we're always telling people that even if you're not anywhere near this point, start thinking of your channel as a business. And I think that goes right back to what we were saying before, which is you don't want to focus on on those numbers, right? When when you're posting a video. Mm -hmm. And it's I found it way easier to do when I take a step back and go, well, wait a minute. I need to look at my channel as a business, you know? And and then everything becomes strictly data points. It's not a, there's no emotion attached to them. It's, mm -hmm. I did a thing these were the results I got back and I I'm going to use this any way I can to dictate my next thing. And it's mm -hmm. just, every video becomes like a business transaction sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But certain people probably don't feel the same way. This is just me. I think it's just different people are going to think in different ways. Yeah, totally. And, and the, uh, the other way I think about it is uh, there's more currencies than just money. Uh, so yeah. when you're making decisions, there's other currencies, there's energy, there's happiness, <laughs> there's time, you know? So, yeah. YouTube, just like the night before we, we started recording this podcast, they tweeted something really interesting. Uh, it's just a very short tweet. And it said something along the lines, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, I guess. I don't have it in front of me, but something along the lines of uh, sleep is important. Videos can wait. And I was kind of surprised to see this from them it was it was interesting i i think it plays right into what we're talking about which mm -hmm. is and maybe this is what they were seeing when they thought of tweeting it at the time people just being exhausted from making videos becomes a grind i hear the word grind used associated with youtube so much and i i always cringe a little bit when i hear that word because i'm like well you know that's a when you're when you're in the grind mindset that's not like a i wouldn't i don't think that's a fun place to be yeah. You know what I mean? That's just my personal take on that word. And uh, YouTube, that's, it spoke right to me, but in, I guess maybe not in the way they wanted. What, did you see that? What did you think of that? I actually didn't see the tweet, but, but you did mention it uh, before we started recording here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me share my thoughts here. 
so one, this is no, I, I don't have any like weird theories about YouTube or anything, but I do know that from a public perception standpoint, uh, mental health is, is becoming more and more of a concern for a lot of people. And so YouTube as a company, of course, wants to appear as on, on that side and, and really caring about people. And I'm not saying they don't. I'm sure that most of YouTube does really care about creators and they don't want them to burn out. They don't want them to kill their mental health or, or things like that. So of course they would make a tweet like that. And I know they've said they've run experiments in the past uh, saying, oh yeah, we, we did experiments where creators, they stopped publishing for a month and they came back and there was no significant change. Of course, they're going to run tests like that because it, it it's it's the two sides. It supports their business model. <laughs> I guess if I'm saying that they have they have skin in the game to say that they aren't ruining creators, yeah. of course, right? Uh, now, <clears throat> the other side to that clears this throat. is just my what, what was that? <laughs> clears throat. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other the other side to that is I think that burnout and and mental health. I know it's a very important thing, and it's a lot uh, a concern for many, many creators. Um, and especially for a few different reasons. One is the audience. They've got an audience. They feel obligated to, to you know, take care of the audience. And then the other is the algorithm. I want to talk about the audience first. So with the audience sake, in most cases, if you were to communicate with your audience, guys, I am having a rough time. I need to take a break. You know, are you okay? It's, it's not even, are you okay with that? It's like, I need to do that. Just letting them know. Most of the time, people will be very understanding of that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of faith in people. I know people, in, when it comes down to it, most people really care about others. And a lot of times, it's just lack of awareness. We don't know that that creator is going through something difficult. And so simply communicating that, as us as the audience, I'm speaking from the audience, if I were watching a creator and they were to say, guys, I'm just really struggling mentally, I'm going to take a break. I'd be like, go for it, man. Like, please do. I don't want you ruining yourself, you know, yeah. for, for my, whatever, my 15 minutes of enjoyment, you know? Um, so from that side, I totally agree. Now there are strategies to do that, which we could discuss if you wanted to, but the other side is from the YouTube algorithm side, they follow the audience, right? And you know, this stand very well. And so when they don't have data points or they if it's not handled well and there isn't recency of data or information it will affect it Mm -hmm. if a creator stops publishing it's just going to happen uh because youtube is very focused on recency of content and so for them to say like oh you know the publishing schedule it's okay you can stop publishing for a while it's not entirely true uh, from an algorithm recency of content standpoint. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could go down that route further also if you wanted to. But so my thoughts on that is, yeah, it's it's a yes and a no for me. <laughs> there, There's a lot I want to talk about there. I, I, both of those points you, you did want to explore. Uh, I, I think but let's start. Let's start the one you just mentioned. Uh, you know, how do you deal with I guess taking a break, you know, the, the content isn't going to be recent. Your last video is your last video. So as long as you're not publishing, that's the most recent thing you've done. 
what what are some strategies that people could do to feel better about going into uh, some time off from YouTube? That's a great, great question. So uh, one I, I already alluded to, just let your audience know. In fact, that is perhaps the most important thing from the audience standpoint. Just let them know and give them a good amount of forewarning. So if not everybody watches every video that you publish, um, you know, say it in a few videos, say, by the way, you know, I'm going to be taking a break soon. Use, utilize the community tab uh, on your channel to, to let them know. And what I would say is let them know if it's possible, if you're in a mental state to be able to do this, let them know when you'll be back and give them something to look forward to for when you're back. Would you suggest uh, maybe a premiere? <laughs> yeah, that would, that would cause them to make another video, though. But uh, that just popped in my head. Yeah, I mean, that could be Yeah, that could be just fine. Uh, the so what I would say is like, look, I'm going to take a two week break, a three week break, whatever it is and say, and I'm coming back this time. And I've got some really awesome stuff for you guys. See you then, you know, uh, allude to give, get them excited for when you're back type of thing. Uh, the so yeah, that's, I think that's how I would go about it is just let them know clearly. So then when, and I have a strong suspicion when YouTube did these studies of channels that stopped posting and then started posting again, perhaps something like this went down uh, in that the creator let them know what was going to happen. And so when they came back, it was an event. It was like, I'm back, everybody here. I'm back. Look at this awesome video that I have for you guys. And then of course, people are going to come back. The audience will be like, hey, they're back. And they're right back same cadence you know i think that is probably the best approach from my understanding yeah the, my fear with you know burning out a little bit being at a point where wow i could really use a break uh from everything is that i usually don't realize that myself until it's too late and <laughs> me too <laughs> you, but i agree with your advice so much like you know let people know the other way i've seen people tackle breaks and this is what i think a lot of people uh, can just do in practice is they plan them by pre-recording some extra content. They they know they're going to be gone for a couple of weeks, and so they get some they get some videos together. Which does there, there is a, a huge energy cost to that because you you have to work maybe three times as hard. If you're going to take two weeks off and you post once a week, now you're working three times as hard. You got the video for that week, and then two weeks ahead. That's mm -hmm. a lot. So and usually people are not posting just one video a week. Mm -hmm. uh, so. I would, my own suggestion here would be, and I need to get better about this. I'm mostly telling myself right now is to plan those breaks way before you feel like you need them. And that way it doesn't feel Solid like you're, you're going through all this energy to get these videos out. You have the, the freedom to make this content while you're still like at max capacity for, Oh, I love this. I, I love everything about this. And then you take this break and, uh, yeah, maybe you still have the energy to check your comments and things like that, but that's two whole weeks you don't have to worry about uploading because you mm -hmm. covered yourself. And then when you're taking that time, take the time, you know, hang out, go go to the beach or watch TV or whatever it is you haven't been doing, do uh, the thing. And stop obsessing, right? Yes. <laughs> it It's just when that's that's my thing with breaks is I think when people realize they need them, they're already past that point. Mm. And that's when they have to tell their audience, I'm going to be away. That is so true. Which is also fine to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the community tab. Uh, you know, just heads up, you can now use that at 500 subscribers starting October 12th. Yee. I'm so glad. 
Yeah. So definitely utilize that because I think posting a video, an update to your audience video, that's never yielded great results for channels that I've seen. I don't know about your experience. I, I think there's two ways to do that. Either you post in the community tab or during a normal upload, you take some time in there somewhere and say, by the way, I have a quick announcement. Let's wait till the mm -hmm. end of the video and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably how I'd approach it also. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was really interesting though. I, I thought YouTube going down that road of like, Hey, it's okay. Videos, <laughs> videos can wait, give yourself some space that that is a, a good message, but I think everyone's going to handle that differently. Mm -hmm. So my points on the algorithm side is this, probably the stopping posting potentially hits small channels the hardest. Uh, and let me explain why. One is you don't necessarily have a core audience of people that really like watching every single one of your videos. There's a few reasons for that. Maybe your videos aren't really that good yet. And so you need more practice, right? Or maybe it's, uh, you just don't, you just don't have the numbers, right? And so it can potentially hit smaller channels the hardest because if you don't have a proven model for good content with an audience yet, then every week that you're not publishing videos, that's a week that you aren't practicing, that you aren't um, getting one more line in the water, like using a fishing analogy, right? It's, it, you don't have one more video out there that could be getting more viewers that could be reaching new audience. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's true of larger channels also, but it's not quite the same because I'll speak from the algorithm standpoint to my understanding, especially for younger channels, a lot of what the algorithm is doing is there's a lot, there's a lot of testing, man. Like there's, because the, the creator has to be able to make good content for an audience. The, the channel maker has to be able to do that. And so from the algorithm standpoint, the, the, the channel maker publishes a video and the algorithm says, is this a good video? You know, let me try it a little bit. Uh, no, not so good. Not so good. Not so good. Not so good. So if you were to go without publishing for a while, um, it's just time that isn't being tested by the algorithm. Now, we said a little while back that there are more currencies than just money, right? Mm -hmm. And mental health is extremely important. And if it really came down to it, like, I just need to take a break with no, no announcement or anything, I just need a break right now, versus having a breakdown, then by all means, like, take a break, that is more important. And then come back in a little while. The other thing I think this comes down to, though, is, is workflow. I think this this all comes down to just the way creators and you talked about this before those those things that you would rate from one to ten in terms of of stress level or, or anxiety mm -hmm. you get from this part of the workflow. What are some tips that you give people to improve aspects of the workflow without sacrificing any like quality? Mm -hmm. That's great. So one, uh, I already alluded to this earlier. Just keep a log of the ideas that pop into your head. So have a place to do that. Uh, if you're a pen and paper person, you know, have a dedicated, create your own system for doing it. What I've used for a long time was an app called ClickUp. Mm. Uh, very customizable. It can be a little bit much if you're not very tech savvy because it's so customizable. But that's what I use for a long time for my whole workflow. Because whenever I had an idea, I could just on desktop or on my phone, just um, jot it down, you know, jot down the idea, jot down some notes, and then I would categorize it as idea. So mm -hmm. I'd have uh, labels for the ideas. And then um, if there was one 
that I was more interested in, I would put it on radar. That's what I would call it. And from there, uh, that, that I think of those as like, hmm, I might want to develop that more. You know, maybe there's some research I need to do. Maybe I need to do a community poll about this. And then I, and then the next category I have is just actively producing. You know, I'm actually, I'm reviewing whatever I researched. I'm preparing an outline, whatever it is, and then record and then editing and then published, you know. And for me, a way that I have taken that has done really well for me is I have, I, so I have those pre things, I have all my ideas logged, and then I have some that I'm kind of developing. But then I have my four, my current four, that are, I am, these are my next. And I am doing whatever it takes, I'm, you know, outlining, I'm doing all the, the finishing touches, preparing, thinking of the title, the thumbnail, uh, all of those things. For me, it, it's been very useful to have four at any given moment because my publishing schedule is twice a week. So that's like about two weeks worth of, of stuff. And so, and, and that what that does for me is those are my focus. And when I actually produce one of them all the way through, then I add another one, you know? So I always just have my current four. The, the tool you use these days, because you said you used to use it, is, the, is there something you're using today? Oh uh, yeah, I'm using actually Microsoft Teams. Oh, because uh, it it helped really well with uh, the my team of people that I'm working with. Um, so that's that's kind of the one you said. Oh, like, do you use that? No, it's just interesting. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting you to say Microsoft Teams because I'm thinking about apps that you could use for like jotting down ideas and, and organizing. But yeah, that's a good point. When you're when you're working with a whole team of people behind your YouTube channel, everyone should have access to what's going on. That was really time. the main reason because it combined teams for us. I know this probably won't apply to most people listening to this, but but for me, it it was good for the team aspect. When you have when you're growing your business and you have multiple people working on projects, that's why I switched to teams. But for most people, if you're at least reasonably tech savvy, ClickUp like that one worked really well for me. Yeah, so some good tools there. I, I think uh, we are getting close to wrapping up. I just wanted to quickly. Once again, talk about you know daily ideas. It's this new tool, and uh, one of the it's the main reason we're we're chatting today because it it really does bring up this point of coming up with new ideas, tackling burnout, things like that. Things I think this tool can really help a lot of people with, and it gives you all sorts of new ideas in the form of kind of titles, but they're not. You wouldn't. You don't have to use these as titles. It's more of we like to call it a thought companion. It's 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 there in your pocket when you need it and makes you think in ways you might not have thought before. Nate, you've had a little bit of hands-on experience with it. Um, I, and you have a whole video talking about it, so we don't have to do a whole thing here, but I was curious, what uh, you're, you're enjoying it so far? Yes, genuinely, I am. <laughs> uh, and anybody listening to this, if you want more of my thoughts on it, I just published on Channel Makers. I think I called the video. I got five times the views because of this. Just go watch that because it's like, that's the truth. I use daily ideas. So here's how, here, here's how I use it. I'll, I'll do a little bit more of an expander here. It is so good for idea jogging uh, mm -hmm. because when we talk about creator burnout, one of the sticking points is coming up with ideas, which we talked about earlier here. And how I understand daily ideas to work is it takes data from your audience and I could be wrong on this if any devs at VidIQ want to correct me, yay. <laughs> but it takes data from your audience, what other channels they watch, as well as some of the stuff you've published on your channel and kind of combines the two of those to try to predict uh, types of ideas that will do well. 
with your audience and on your channel. And so not all the ideas are like exactly on par because your audience watches other stuff than what your channel is about. Uh, but for the most part, when I go through daily ideas and I'll have, I'll just go through and I'll, I'll have ideas that I would say probably rarely would I take that idea or that title word for word, mm -hmm. except I did for that video that, it, yeah, you just go watch the video guys. If you're listening <laughs> to this, go watch that video. Uh, but rarely would I take it word for word, but the way that it is worded and the, the, I, the idea, well, the idea behind it is I've had multiples of those that I, that I've gone through the daily ideas process and thought, Oh my goodness, like, that's actually a cool approach. That's a new angle. That's something I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Uh, but it's, it's something that is proven that other channels have done or because it gives you examples of other channels that use that similar idea. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, so idea jogger for me, really. And so most of the time I get it, it's a new angle or a new idea that I get from it that I then um, can use and I'll craft to create a video or it'll give me a pointer for what kind of research to do for a video or questions to answer, that type of thing. Yeah, it it can definitely be, I think, a, a gateway to you know going down some paths with your channel you had not previously thought to go down. So uh, you know, there's obviously more info on our website, vidiq.com for that. But uh, Nate, tell everybody a little bit about you, channel makers, and where they can find you. Yeah. So howdy, howdy, everyone. My name is Nate. Uh, I like long walks on the beach. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Okay. So Nate, go to channel makers on YouTube. Uh, this is the bomb diggity. I know I'm I'm biased here, but it's <laughs> a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun making videos. I'm passionate about it. I'm always pushing the limits of what is known about YouTube uh, to really help creators grow their channels. Um, so yeah, probably that is the place I would say. Go to Channel Makers and uh, check it out. Thank you so much for uh, joining us once again on Tube Talk. Thanks, Dan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash TubeTalk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.